Hello and welcome to Good Natured, a podcast that shines a light on conservation successes and challenges. I'm Julia. And I'm Sophia. We're thrilled to be back for a second season of the Good Natured podcast. This year we're doing things slightly differently and we're going to start with four weekly mini episodes called Nature Notes, which feature nature-related stories. And we will then release our normal length episodes from mid-August, so make sure to check your feed to find the latest episodes. This week's Nature Note was recorded by Danny Nane, who is currently studying for the postgraduate diploma in international wildlife conservation practice at the University of Oxford. Danny is from Papua New Guinea in the South Pacific, and he was the first local landowner from the Yupno, Urawa and Som Rivers conservation areas to be accepted to the University of Papua New Guinea. And there he completed a bachelor degree in environmental sciences and geography. Danny's fascination for nature started at an early age, when he grew up in Dunkett Village and roamed around his father's forest and saw all the wildlife around him. This episode is about how witnessing the establishment of the conservation area fueled his interest in conservation. And this specific area was actually Papua New Guinea's first and only protected area to date. And that's a critical habitat for the endangered machi tree kangaroo, which Danny is going to tell us all about in this episode. Let's hear from Danny. Have you ever heard of a kangaroo that lives and moves around in the tree? It is true. There is a species of kangaroo that calls tree its home. The Manchester kangaroo is a rare endangered and elusive species. They make their home high up in the dense mass canopy of trees. They only come down to the forest floor to forage for food, but then they return to the tree canopy for shelter. The Manchester kangaroo is only found in Papua New Guinea a small highland country north of Australia. It is endemic to the remote Yuan Peninsula on the northeastern portion of Papua New Guinea. I first sighted a tree kangaroo in my father's forest back in 2000. When I was 10 years old, I accompanied my dad into the thick forest higher up in the mountains. At first, I thought it was a thick green brownish forest moss clinging to the branches of the trees. But then, I saw it move and started eating the leaves. My dad told me, no, it is a kapul, as we call tree kangaroos in my local language. It was just perfectly camouflaged, with long tail and resembles bear's facial appearance. In fact, they are so much cuter than any other forest animal I have ever seen. Tree kangaroos, as the largest native forest mammal, are the most rewarding hunting target for local indigenous hunters. People have hunted the tree kangaroos for meat and their fur for years, aided by their dogs. Also, Evident destruction caused many tree kangaroos to lose their home. As a result, the population of tree kangaroos dropped drastically in the 1980s. But in 1996, a conservation initiative was introduced after a study that was conducted on the population density and home range of tree kangaroos. I was in the village and witnessed how hard it was for my father and other indigenous landowners to agree to pledge for conservation. However, they convinced that if you want to hunt tree kangaroo, you must begin by protecting them, otherwise you will not have any of them left to hunt. That was the turning point for most of the local landowners to pledge their land and protect tree kangaroos. Now our conservation area, called the Youth Conservation Area, is a leading example of conservation in Papua New Guinea and a model 
for other conservation initiatives. From growing up in my village and witnessing the establishment of youth conservation and all the struggles and victories related to it, I have realized that local empowerment and direct involvement of the communities will lead to the success of any conservation effort. It is key to protecting any particular species and its habitat, including the Machis tree kangaroo. We hope you enjoyed Danny's Nature Note this week. And if you have any comments or if you want to reach out to us, you can do so by sending us an email at podcast at conservationoptimism.org or reaching out on Twitter at conserveoptimism. We'd love to hear from you. The music for this episode is by Blue Dot Sessions and is available on the Free Music Archive. This mini episode was produced and edited by Sophia Castelloitikel and myself, Julia Minier. Thanks to the Conservation Optimism micro-interns, Elizabeth Brown and Emma Phelan for their help with the music. Our theme song was composed and produced by Matthew Kemp. This season of Good Natured was funded by Synchronicity Earth, the Weekly Fund for Nature and the University of Oxford Departmental Public Engagement with Research Seed Fund.